So John, it's an absolute gift to have you with us. Huge love to your church in New York. So I've mentioned this to you, we're asking a number of friends and family, churches and leaders that we track with. The same two questions. The first one, based in Matthew 16, where Jesus says to the Pharisees, look, you can look at the sky and you can forecast the weather. Why can't you read the signs of the times? So we're asking people to sort of give their best attempt at articulating what they sense the Spirit's doing right now in the church and in the culture so that we can lay down our plans and just jump on board what we sense God's doing. The second question we'll get to afterwards is what you're personally learning in this crisis and crazy time. So first question, you know, you're uniquely positioned in a city like New York that's kind of in a really challenging spot right now. Yeah, where do you see God at work? What do you see the Spirit doing right now? Well, first, let me just say much love to you guys. Love your church. Love you. Love what you're working on. Anytime I even get just like a glimpse of it, I'm like, I resonate so deeply with it. So I, I love to all of you guys and thank you so much. Yeah, just for this chat. Let me start with you. That, that first question had two parts. The first part was like, what do I, you said, what do you sense the Spirit saying in our culture? Yeah. You know, it's 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 been so interesting to me um, how little God talk there's been. There's been so little talk. It's almost like forbidden to ask the question, what is God saying in our culture? And so my great concern is actually, oh, it's not a concern. It's, it's a revelation of how truly secular that we have become. Mm-hmm. So occasionally a celebrity pastor will be asked on to how do we find comfort in these troubling times? But nobody's saying acknowledged universal God of the universe, one true creator God, what are you trying to to say to us in the midst of this crisis? So to me, it's been a massive revealer of how truly secular we are, where the, the Christian conversation really in many ways has been pushed out of the public square. So for a while, we were at war to maintain our posture in the public square. And it seems like, you know, we, we, we sort of haven't really been invited back in. That's been a fascinating, fascinating revelation to me. On a personal level, people are more desperate than ever. So you've yeah. got this sort of, um, yeah, this this lens where nobody really talks about it culturally, but personally everybody's aching for it. So, you know, Alpha, yeah. we did, we did, we've done Alpha online. We did it every night as an experiment and it went so well we had to add two other courses because wow. there's just been such hunger and openness. People are, we've done everything in our society to shield people from death, mortality, the afterlife, and now people are getting a visceral confrontation. And because this generation, the one basically Gen Z, the one rising now, they don't even have memories of the 2008 crash. So this is their first global crisis where they've been confronted with mortality and those big distant questions got pretty personal, pretty close. So yeah, I would summarize it as personal hunger and sort of like cultural censoring of the God conversation. It's been fascinating. Uh, In terms of the church, in the book of Revelation, and you look through the decline of the churches, they start by losing their first love, and they end with Jesus outside the church just saying, will you just let me back in? And it's so amazing because his invitation is basically, I just want to have fellowship with you. Yeah. And I feel like we're at that last stage of decline where Jesus is like, will you let me back in? And I genuinely believe like, if we don't open the door this time, this is probably the death rattle. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus will abandon his church. Of course, he won't do this. But I mean at a at a meta level. And uh, so I'm just I'm just opening the door like, come in, come in. I hear you. I hear you. I'm trying to be as responsive as possible and throw as many doors 
as wide as possible and set a place for Jesus to be central of the church. So I, now that we're sort of six weeks into this, we're, we're, what we're going to see is whether or not people have really received and responded to the invitation. When the yeah. panic prayers and the adrenaline prayers wear off, the heart change and cultural change will be revealed. And what remains, how much uh, prayer and seeking God and is at the center, that's going to determine, I think, the destiny of the Western church. And those churches that hear the invitation and have a strange sense of Christ's presence in the midst of them, I think are going to do better than ever. And the ones who sort of tended to secondary concerns, I think are going to struggle more than ever. So I think it's the last, one of the last great invitations where Jesus is like, can I come back into my church? So those would be my responses, yeah. In, in terms of like you as a pastor then leader in New York, what are your personal priorities right now? But what are you trying to invite your church into? So I, I feel like I have felt there's probably four lenses I felt like I'm bouncing around. One is personally, like, you know, I've been sick. My wife has been sick. Um, our family's been through... Yeah, I mean, a very, very sad and challenging time physically. This has been very, very hard for us. Yeah. So I've been like trying to lead our church and care for my wife, who's been, you know, pretty ill. And um, yeah, so the, the personal things. Um, then there's sort of the prophetic things. What is God saying? And so I've been just trying to listen like never before. Then there's the pastoral things, which is, you know, how do I care for our people? How do we deal with those who've lost jobs and those who are sick yeah. and and, uh, and then sort of there's the leadership issues. How do I be a voice of hope? How do I sort of like think into the future? How do I deal with the fact that, you know, we may not get any of the contracts back and our church has nowhere to meet. So I'm basically those like personally, prophetically, pastorally, and then as a leader, I feel like I'm bouncing between those things. What I would say, though, the number one thing that has captured my heart and the thing that I cannot shake and cannot get away from is an article in um, Think Theology um, UK. There was a blog post called The Coronavirus Experiment telling the story um, of James Frazier, who was a, a missionary uh, in the Himalayas. And um, he basically couldn't visit some of the people because of the, the snows up in the high uh, mountains. So he, as an experiment in obscurity, he said, I'm going to do I'm going to pray the amount of time I would have spent traveling and just measure their growth. Those I did direct ministry to, those are those who I just ministered to through prayer. And he found that those who he had resolved to pray for were deeper in Jesus, more filled with the Spirit, stronger in their faith. And that community ended up um, being many of the seeds of the revival that's taking place even in China right now. And so that's borne tremendous long-term fruit. And so I went and read um, his biography or his, uh, yeah, uh, his daughter wrote it called um, Mountain Rain. That's what I haven't gotten away for, the invitation to shape the church through intercessory prayer. That's what I, I'm haunted by. And I just feel a deeper invitation not to rely on the resources of the spirit, not just the pragmatic. And I, 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 we're so pragmatic. Our church is so pragmatic. Any good idea, our church is filled with brilliant people. We're doing all of those things. They matter. I'm not trying to draw a dichotomy. Yeah. But I will say, like, I just keep, sense God saying to me you think that leading with your best is don't let that be a substitute for the power yeah. of my spirit so yeah. that's the thing that's the word written over this whole season for me is around 
seeking God and deepening my genuine prayer for our church and for our city. And, and what are your patterns of prayer? Let's say as a church, but maybe even individually. So our church basically has has done three hours of prayer a day for the last couple of years. So we've had um, sort of you know three 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 chunks of prayer. We've added a couple of sets uh, specifically for frontline workers. And we've got basically a Moravian 24-7 prayer chain going that's been going since this started. And I'm sort of hoping that never ends. I think I've shared this with you before. I've, I've broken my day into three sections. So the mornings are intimacy with God. Lunchtime is sort of incarnational prayer. And by that, I mean walking around, discerning, like working with the spirit during the workday. And then at night, it's intercession where I really go after the things that I'm really believing God for. And so my day sort of moves in in those three directions and that has been the most revelatory life-giving internal culture it's i just it's just i feel like my soul is in a in a place of abundance yeah man so it's different for everybody that just works for me some people are like gosh no i've got to do intercession in the morning when i'm fresh and that, that's just based on my personality everyone's going to find their own pattern their own rhythm but for me that's just work for me yeah yeah beautiful final question then john in this moment where we're seeing it culturally, but individually, things are being stripped back. The best and the worst of us is being exposed. And there is, I love that, invitation in of, of Jesus standing at the door knocking. Open the door, let me in, we can have fellowship together. In terms of like your personal journey, where are you encountering God in this? What are you learning about yourself, about the kingdom? Gosh, what am I learning? Man, I, I'm learning how mortal I am. I'm learning how reliant I am. You know, to be honest, man, um, right at the start of this, I mean, our church was experiencing a level of momentum that was kind of extraordinary. And it just felt like, it felt like revival, man. I mean, it was just the level of hunger, passion for God. The amount of people coming to Christ for the first time. We we had never seen anything like that. And... Um, in, in a week, that was all gone. In a week, I'm speaking into a, into a camera. And I just felt God saying to me, do you love me? Do you love people? Do you love momentum? You know, so I've really just been trying to examine my motives, praying that prayer, search me, oh God, know me. Test me, like see if there's any, any offensive way in me. And so I've just been saying, Holy Spirit, do an MRI on my motives and on ministry. And, and when ministry is basically stripped back to the, its essence with this like, you and a Bible and the people of God, you know, I've really, so I've, I've definitely had some pruning around how much I love momentum in ministry and uh, not, not like, not in a massive way, not like a slap of God and a huge rebuke, but just a deep, like a deep reminder. It's about me and it's about people, you know, it's just produced in me a hunger to close the gap about what I've read in other times of history. Look, we can't, God is not on tap. We can't turn a tap and get him to do what we want. He's God. But we can have a desperation pointed at him out of love for his presence and a desire for his glory that's like, please, God, come on. We need you. We want you. You're so welcome here. And I think I've just felt that increase, you know. So what I, what I, I don't want to go back to natural momentum. You know, I want to go back to the power of the spirit where you just say, He's here. He's here. And I think that's just intensified. Um, so, yeah, I'm more vulnerable, mortal, frail, 
and uh, but more hunger for an amazing, powerful, timeless, mighty God to do what it is that he does, you know. Yes and amen. John, you've been such a gift to KXC. You continue to be, I think, your passion, wholehearted approach to the kingdom and your hunger for his presence. It's a total inspiration. So thanks for what you do. Mm -hmm. Keep doing it and sending all our love to your church family in New York. 